I had a night with Gael, uh-huh. I think this is what I would do with him. I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> Go on. I would lay out. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Maybe. Risque, bitch. Oh. I don't know. Whatever it is. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure he knows how to. It. Bitch. I love it. <laughs> I actually love that. <laughs> wow. Hi, Nicole. Hi, Bem. Oh, my God. Hi. <laughs> Look at your face. you got new hair uh, and everything. Yeah, you know, I'm trying something yeah. a little different. You're not trying. You're succeeding. Ah, you see what I did there? <laughs> thank you. Thank you. This week, yes. we have something quite remarkable on our hands. Yes, indeed. It's a dynamo, a pocket-sized just hottie. Isn't he just a cute little mite of a man? A mite. <laughs> Oh my God, you're so country sometimes. I love it. He's a mite of a man. Yes. He is. He's just delightful. Who are we talking about this week, Nicole? We are talking about Gael Garcia Bernal. Yes. I just want to uh, put him in some like some bread and just eat him like a little sandwich. Oh my God. Don't even get me started on sopping him up. <laughs> like a biscuit. Yes. <laughs> Very surprisingly, like when we began talking about this, we suddenly thought, oh shit, we really fancy this dude. He's been around for... Uh, 18, almost 20 years. Like as an adult. But yeah. he started off as a child actor. Yeah, exactly. Like, apparently he was acting before he was even like two years old. Mm, so okay. he's been on screen. I feel like he's very comfortable on screen. Mm-hmm. However, he's not that familiar to those of us who don't speak Spanish. Right. But what we know of him, we really, really like. Absolutely. And to help <laughs> us to kind of pass through his career and his beauty, we have a guest this week, don't we? Yes, we do. We have the wonderful, fantastic hilarious Alexis Ned yay <laughs> if you're a fan of other BuzzFeed podcasts you may have heard Alexis on See Something Say Something our sister brother podcast love you Ahmed and <laughs> Alexis is fantastic she's just this incredibly funny smart aware and just wonderfully arch uh, commentator on life and mm-hmm. humor. She also really fancies Gail. So I feel like we're going to have a very thirsty session today. She has a thing for men who are Five, eight and under. So I'm interested to see (laughs) what she says about Gael. Listen, it is a very broad church and we're all God's children. and Everyone's beautiful. And as Nicole so wonderfully eloquently puts it, there is a lid for every pot. Yep. Wonderful. So let's get cooking. Hey. (laughs) I see what you did there. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's get on. Nicole. Yeah, Bim. Let me tell you about one sunny afternoon. Mm-hmm. I was at university. So it's very, you know. I, was I very... feel like any story that starts off with somebody in college is going to be some mess. <laughs> Do you know what? Not on, not in this case. Okay, okay. I'm actually, this is a very innocent story. It was a story of two friends looking at one another, much like you and I are looking at one another in the studio right now. Mm-hmm. And then having a sudden and very deep understanding <laughs> of what the other person really is like. <laughs> I was watching a movie called Itu Mama Tambien. Yes. Um, which means, and your mama too, right? Yeah. Ooh, stick you, your daddy too, and your mama. Okay. Anyway, my point is, if you've never seen this movie, it stars Gael Garcia Bernal, and mm-hmm. he looks like, truly, the snackiest snack. Okay, let's just clear up that he was 23 at the time that he, he was. was performing in this he movie. Okay, but he was playing a young, younger man. Yes, he was playing a younger adult. Right. But also, let me point out, like I said, I was at university at this time, and that was <clears throat> X years ago. And I myself was a young adult. So 
I watched this movie. <laughs> I can't, I just can't. Your Fine. face right now. <laughs> I just I'm remembering it. I'm reliving it right in front of your fucking. I'm, yes, this is, this yes. Is, this is live theater. Yeah. <laughs> because I remember watching that movie and thinking to myself, "Well, I've got to move. I've got to go to South America." <laughs> I've got to move immediately and begin a life of sexual decadence with this man and just live it forever because this movie has all the bad things mm-hmm. lots of sex lots of drugs mm-hmm. just nudity mm-hmm. fucking you know emotions all mm-hmm. over the mm-hmm. messy emotions mm-hmm. it also has some of the hottest sex scenes I have ever seen since I have had eyes oh my gosh Jesus oh my gosh I had to take a silkwood shower afterwards like did I just do all those things or did I just watch it happen and at the end of the movie I remember looking at my friend and we both just had this deep sudden understanding that we had to be away from one another for like two hours <laughs> while we both kind of processed what we had just seen together. And I remember just kind of looking and kind of going, you know stuff about me now that you will never unknow and vice versa. The movie doesn't prepare you for watching it with a friend um, because you're just like, oh, it's a story about two guys, mm-hmm. um, two friends just, you know, Coming traveling. Yeah, right. right. You know, they meet this woman, Louisa, and mm. whatever, things happen. <laughs> and then you end up looking at your friend like you're saying, just kind of like, Wow. Um, <laughs> let's just leave each other alone for a second yes. because yep, our friendship isn't like that. And now it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was a fantastic. It's a beautiful movie. Mm. Just first of all, just a beautiful movie. 100%. Really compelling. Mm-hmm. You, you're transfixed watching it because like, mm-hmm. you don't know exactly what's going to happen. Right. You know, coming of age stories uh, typically tend to have some kind of trauma or some kind of events yeah and this one actually has that you know the background is like mexican presidents from mm-hmm. like you know however many years ago there's a very it's a very cultural so it's directed by alfonso cuaron mm-hmm. who went on wonderfully to direct a harry potter movie many years later which i love that's one of my favorite details that the guy who made itumama tambian also made a, a harry potter film just mm, beautiful <laughs> but 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 it was released in like 2002 it was a very i mean that was a very different time in the world as well so the background is like Mexican history. Mm-hmm. So essentially this whole movie is very much a mashup of several genres. Mm-hmm. And the key thing at the core of it is this friendship between these two guys. Yeah. And the woman who is between them, which I guess um, <laughs> is always a woman, isn't there? Right. Even when the woman is just kind of living her life. God right. Damn it. Right. But there is just so much. Gael plays Julio. Mm. Diego plays Tanakh. Mm-hmm. And then we also have Maribel Verdu as Louisa. Mm-hmm. Now, like you were saying, we tend to focus on um, Julio and Tanakh mm-hmm. and all the political background stuff. Mm-hmm. But Louisa has some shit going on with her. Right. And we don't find out about it. So almost the end, like the end. Yeah. And then it's kind of like, oh, we could have been concerned about her and mm-hmm. the decisions that she's been making. Yeah. But we were too caught up on the relationship between... Yeah. Julio and Snot. Right, right. But it's like, kind of like a woman's story is always taking a backseat yes. to like the trauma of men's lives. Yeah. Like for fuck's sake. Anyway. She's got trauma too. <laughs> right? <laughs> but I what I truly, truly appreciate about the movie is that it's very it feels very equal ops in mm-hmm. terms of like giving you thirst objects mm-hmm. and in highlighting the beauty of Guile. Well, <laughs> I, like I said, I've 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 said a lot already, too much already. But my God, I just remember looking at him and just kind of going, what a dream. He, yes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, he is very um, slim, Mm -hmm. slight. Your fave. Yes. um, He's got some (laughs) hair going on. They both have hair, Diego and um, 
Yael have some, you know, kind of longish hair. Yeah. Just a little it's a long. Lovely duo. Yeah. Um, the scene that stands out the most, I mean, there obviously there are a lot of or explicit sex scenes. Oh, but, you think? Yeah. But <laughs> at the beginning, when Julio and mm. Tanakh are on diving boards in the swimming pool, uh-huh. they're on their individual diving boards. Hold on, let me get a drink. Okay, carry on. <laughs> and they engage in some mutual masturbation. Just, Listen. I'm just going to flat out say it. I was going to try to pretty it up. We're you know? all adults. And just, I just think, doing boy things. Yeah, I think that might have been, even though I was a little older when this film came out, I think that might have been the first time where... Two men, two young men, um, engaged in sexual activity. Mm, I guess with each other, you could say. Yeah. Um, and it Separate wasn't but together. Yeah, and it wasn't considered a joke. It wasn't considered <sighs> um, kind of like a mistake. Right. They were very much like, "This is what we're doing, and now we're done, and let's go about our day." I mean, just like you said, tackle your to do list, bitch. <laughs> like. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to have a wank with your friend and then head off into the day. <laughs> I'm um, so sorry, mom, if you're listening. Mom, just turn it off. Yeah, just turn it off. Um, so, but yeah, yeah, you're completely right. Like the idea of kind of treating this particular sexuality as not a joke is a very small but important part of how we in general, I guess, kind of process and analyze desire where we kind of think oh this is okay or this Mm -hmm. is not okay Mm -hmm. and that is a very small but pivotal moment in kind of going you know what it's okay yeah and i appreciate that yeah shout out to you to mama tambia Now, before Itumama Tambien, which was in 2001, Mm -hmm. Gael was in a film called Amores Peros Mm. in 2000. Mm -hmm. And it's the beginning of a trilogy or it's not a trilogy. It's considered like a A triptych, a triptych, Mm -hmm. um, because the films are very loosely related around this particular car accident. Right. It's a really beautiful, strange film. It is. It is. And I, you know, I think it's something that if you are not familiar with his work, you definitely have to go back and check out because his performance in that is, he's arresting. Yes, on, on, it's textured. Yeah. He gives you a lot. I think that's, because I didn't watch that before. I cause My first exposure to him, <laughs> lol, was <laughs> Itumama Tamiya. Mm-hmm. But then I went back right. afterwards and I was like, Same. let's see what else he's done. Mm-hmm. And then I saw this and I remember thinking, God, he's exactly the same and yet entirely different. Mm-hmm. I mean, still smoking hot. Let's be very clear about this. This is called Thirst Aid Kit. And we're here to thirst. But there was also just, like you said, like this idea of like, oh, you can do a lot of things. Yeah. Like you're, you're quite capable at this acting shit. Yeah. Which is wonderful. Um, which is, reminds me of Bad Education, which came out a little later in 2004. Um, I haven't seen that. Again, it's just kind of like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> but I can't look away. Right, right. It's very, it's very stylized. It's a kind of a murder mystery kind of is thing. It violent? It is. Um, it actually had an NC-17 rating huh. because of the violence, explicit sex, lots of drug use. Hold on, let me write this down. I'm going to watch this movie <laughs> right after this. Um, they eventually censored it to R ratings so that it could come out in American theaters. Mm-hmm. But... Um, it's a lot, yeah. It is. It <laughs> is. And you also have this thing where you have a cis male playing a trans woman. Oh. So be aware Wait, of that. Wait, is Gail the... Yes. Gu- oh, come on, bro. Yes. So be aware of that going in. <sighs> um, and again, this is 2004. So the, the language and the portrayal is not what we should expect 
Um, right. You know, I mean, listen, terrible movies about trans people are still being made in big 2018. So this is true. Do you know what? That's one horrible pattern that Hollywood still hasn't caught up on. Um, or even not Hollywood. The thing that always gets me, though, speaking of Hollywood, mm-hmm. is that most of Gael's career actually has been away from English-speaking Hollywood. Right, yeah. Which I think is actually quite an interesting uh, point of entry because I think for so many of us, the idea of thirst objects Mm -hmm. is that we are incredibly familiar. I'm talking about us English-speaking folks. Mm -hmm. We have to be incredibly familiar with their body of work in essentially a common language. Mm -hmm. But the thing about Gael is that he's basically been doing solid work. He has like a production company with his friend and co-star Diego Luna. And they make movies from their continent about their continent. And I find that just fantastic. Like, I mean, there are so many barriers to so many things. But there's something about him kind of doing this work where he does it Mm -hmm. that makes me feel actually kind of like, cool, cool, cool. I love that you're not kind of like full-time in Hollywood, kind of hustling, making shit happen. Yeah, because a lot of his work is kind of quiet. Uh, When I say quiet, I mean it's not a big splash in the box office, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Not always. Not always. And he doesn't seem overly concerned with that. It's Mm -hmm. just, yes, he probably wants to get into American Hollywood movies and stuff like that, because who doesn't? But he's also just like, yeah, but I have these other projects too, and I'm cool with that. Right, and they keep him kind of like satisfied. And speaking of him not working in English-speaking movies, Mm -hmm. he did one film that I am yet to see. I've only ever seen clips of it. Mm. I know you have very strong feelings about this film because when it came up, you kind of leaned back in your chair and just kind of like (laughs) exhaled with your whole body. Now, this apparently was the biggest uh, Mexican uh, box office film of well, ever. Mm. And he plays a priest. So, listen, when you said he plays a priest, I was like, "Mm, I gotta say that doesn't sound hot. And then you were like, no, let me stop you there. So I'm gonna just hand over to you now so you can tell us a little bit about this one. What's it called, Nicole? It is called The Crime of Padre Amaro. All right, cool. I'm in. Oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) Now, if you consider yourself a Christian religious person, Mm -hmm. if you are Catholic, Mm -hmm. you're gonna have a lot of problems with this film. Oh, I did not expect that sentence to end there. Okay. It is a little, um, I guess it would be considered sacrilegious because... Is it? Gael <laughs> plays the um, titular priest. Uh-huh. And he has an affair with oh. a young woman in his parish. Mm. Boy. <laughs> what, a, what a gentle <laughs> boy. Um, but there's a one there's one moment where she um does some role play as the Virgin Mary oh. and he's really into it. Wait, what? I'm talking about the veil over her nope. hair. Nope. She I'm poses not, like um, a Virgin Mary. Listen, I'm not even a Catholic and I am secondhand offended. What it, the fuck, man? It definitely makes you uncomfortable regardless of your religious affiliation. How did this go down in Mexico? Fam. Listen, I don't know, <laughs> but I'm telling you, you need to see it because there's that taboo element, right? right that's right, all right. there's you know, just enough taboo to make it kind of steamy. Oh, just enough when just somebody enough. dresses yeah. as the mother of the Lord? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Padre Amaro comes across Amelia praying. Mm-hmm. And Amelia is the woman in his congregation. Yes. Right, right, right. Right. And this is going to be in Spanish, so I'm going to translate a little bit based on the subtitles because <laughs> I don't speak Spanish. Just All right, cool. You know. He asks, why are you crying? Por Ruben. Over Ruben? Por usted. No, over you. Or all you have suffered without complaining. 
Look at that. Oh. <laughs> His face is just a lot. There's no other audio, but I just want Bim to see. Yeah, I'm seeing. <laughs> I was blind, but now I see. So he's like brushing her hair, trying to soothe her. I'm sorry, but your priest should not be striking your face like this. That's mm. just my feeling as a non-Catholic. Yeah. But also a human woman. Yes. And now they're kissing. Fucking hell, mate. That's a little bit of extra aftercare. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's a pretty fucking hot kiss, isn't it? I think this is the thing. So And was- then and then as they're kissing, you see Jesus on the cross. Yes. Bleeding. And- yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna put this whole clip on our Tumblr mm-hmm. um because there's not much more audio to it. And I just I just <laughs> wanted no audio. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted them to see it. And also, you know, we have a lot of Spanish language clips and in order to keep from translating, we'll just post them up. Perfect. The thing that I I really love about that clip is, again, we've mentioned this before with other actors. The face acting is sublime. Oh, my God. He has such an expressive face. I mean, like I said, I could really turn everything I say about him into something filthy. But I just I just I love seeing him express his face. It's a very, very good (laughs) face. I feel like. If because he obviously he speaks very very good English, mm-hmm. so oh, this, yeah. is, this is a moot point here. Yeah. But I feel like even if he didn't, if he didn't speak any English, I feel like he and I could have a very very long involved conversation with my four words of Spanish, and, <laughs> and I feel very strongly that that is because he has this face. And now my my favorite part about his face mm. is in fact his nose. Okay. Okay. I will allow that. I mean, I do. You know, we both like strong noses. <laughs> yeah, we do. I thought you were going to say his mouth. His mouth is my very close second. Okay, okay. But okay. the nose, I don't know what it is about it, but my God. Man, it's a little bit upturned at the end, and it's a strong nose, as you yeah. pointed out. And it's just, people don't have enough, there aren't enough people in Hollywood with noses like Giles. We love a strong nose. Yeah, we we love a, a prominent nose. <laughs> a prominent nose. <laughs> And all that that could signal. Oh, my God. Especially when you <laughs> add in a very lovely mouth. There's something about his face that is incredibly, uh, it's quite delicate. Mm-hmm. It reminds me, actually, of, like, the stereotypical idea of what we think of when we say elfin. Mm, like, it's yeah, kind of okay. sharp and pointed and okay. just kind of like, you know, there's, there's a lot to it. Mm-hmm. All of it working together to create this actually quite beautiful and delicate looking man. And then he speaks. And let's not forget about his fucking voice, Yeah. Now, oh my God. of course, there are biases involved when we think about lovely accents. Oh, uh, yeah. Because it's amazing how many people love a Spanish accent, mm-hmm. but don't love a Congolese accent mm. or a Nigerian accent or whatever. <laughs> and that's fine, except it's not. Because a lot of that is also tied into other things. And here we are just kind of analyzing who we fancy, why mm-hmm, we fancy. Mm-hmm. And it's obviously there's a hierarchy of what is a desirable accent. Mm-hmm. And of course, as a Spanish speaking person, uh, Gael's accent is particularly desirable mm-hmm. for most of us mm-hmm. take away the accent let's talk about the timbre of his voice mm-hmm. his voice makes me want to eat like comfort food okay like i want to i want to tuck into like a bowl of like hot rice okay and like you know just something that was cooked with love okay his voice sounds like it could be home mm-hmm. do you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's just really it's kind of rough and it's kind of soft yeah, oh see, God, I when I hear his voice, I want him... Okay, 
So you're spooning, right? Oh, my God. And he's behind you. <laughs> Wait, just listen. Just listen. Okay. So you're the little spoon. He's sure. the big spoon. Is and he? he's talking into your back, like, just below your spine. So you can feel the vibrations of him talking. How often have you thought about this, Nicole? I've thought about it often. Okay. <laughs> it was specific as fuck. <laughs> so that's what I just feel like. I want to be the little spoon and feel his voice vibrating through me. Sinking. Wow. I don't know about you, Nicole, but I just, again, we've reached a new level of friendship and I'm here for it. Do you know what I mean? I love it. I love a bit of it. We've got Alexis Ned in the house. Hello, Alexis. Hi. You are a former editor at Cosmopolitan. Also, formerly of BuzzFeed. And you're just an incredible, all-around, wonderful writer that we love seeing on Twitter. You constantly have a nice little uh, thread of thirst that goes viral every now and then, and we love it. It's my favorite thing. It's my favorite thing. You are uh, an involved writer of headcanons. You've got a very specific one about Chris Evans, haven't you? It's very true. For about three years, I have had the same Chris Evans headcanons thread going. And it's all about Chris Evans just being uh, secretly really, really down with black women specifically. (laughs) And the canon gets more elaborate the more I tweet. Um, (laughs) What's your your favorite Chris Evans headcanon right now? Um... Actually, I recently retweeted one where uh, your your friend sets you up on a blind date with Chris Evans and uh, you offer to buy the second round of drinks. But Chris Evans says no and whispers reparations. Oh, my God. <laughs> As he slips a coaster under your mojito. Oh, my God. I, I love so it. Much. I love it. Oh, my God. I love it. OK, so we're going to talk about somebody else who is very hot and uh, probably also is into reparations. Uh, <laughs> I'm guessing it's possible. We don't hey, know. We don't know. It's Gael Garcia Bernal. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you, your shoulders are shimmying. That's just my immediate reaction to hearing his name. And why is that? He was one of my OG high school thirst objects. Mm. Um, I had a, a very eccentric social studies teacher. And whenever he kind of like got bored in class, he would just show us a Gael Garcia Bernal movie, mostly Inyaritu, uh-huh. um, which are a little heavy for 10th graders sometimes. <laughs> but, you know, he was trying to prepare us for the world. Sure. And the second he showed up on screen, it just it set the entire 10th grade class on fire. Like <laughs> every single girl in class had a crush on this small Mexican actor. Yeah. And I was like, yep, this one's going to be formative. <laughs> and sure enough, it was. Do you know, I love when you can look at something and immediately see your future and just kind of go, oh, this is this is the thing I like. Because you've mentioned, and Nicole kind of brought it up before, you love a small man. I do love a small man. Are you yourself a small person? I consider myself to be on the smaller side of average. Okay. I'm actually Guile's height. I'm 5'6". Okay. That's like, that's a good thing. You guys could be like, you could share your clothes and whatnot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's a new one that I'm keeping. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's talk about the very specific hotness moment for you when it comes to Guile. What is it that you think of and kind of remember fondly and hold close to your heart when you think of Guile? Ooh, I think of the Motorcycle Diaries. Mm -hmm. Um, When he is 
in a hammock and he just has this undershirt on and it's just like a slow pan on him gazing into the middle distance and the light is hitting his hazel eyes and they're sparkling and he is (laughs) scruffy and he is filthy. He looks like he smells incredible in a bad way. (laughs) And it's just like this like sweaty, wonderful, I mean, future horrible person. Mm. Um, But it was just like this beautiful ideal of masculine beauty that I hadn't really been exposed to before. Uh Before, like I went to a very preppy high school. Everybody was very neat. Everybody was very blonde Mm. for the most part. Alexis is not blonde for the record. I am am not blonde. I am a (laughs) woman of color. Um, And just to see Gael laid out as this like bronze thinking god was mm. very important to me. Yeah. You mentioned smell, and obviously this is a podcast and we can't talk about smell mm. too much, but the idea that, you know, you can tolerate stink when it's from somebody that you love or somebody you're with, I yeah. think is so important because, you know, there's all this talk about, you know, oh, if he, the guy comes home from playing basketball or he's been out, you know, cutting grass and he's stinky and smelly, but it's also a very you get kind of turned on by it. So when you're talking about seeing him in this hammock and he's filthy, yeah. I understand. <laughs> I understand. It's a, it's a chemical thing. Yes. It's how we, we, we can smell compatibility. All yes. right, David Attenborough 2.0. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, The Motorcycle Diaries is the movie about Che Guevara, the revolutionary, uh, as we know of him now. Uh, but this is a slightly different movie, kind of showing a different side of Che. Is that correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's based on Che's diaries about when he was taking a road trip on a motorcycle um, (laughs) through Central and South America. Uh And you sort of see how the older Che developed his ideas about economic injustice and revolution and borders based on what he experienced when he was at that age. Mm -hmm. But they don't really go into much the politics of it. You just see a very handsome young man on a motorcycle learning some things. Right. (laughs) Which, for the purposes of first, is really all you need. Exactly. Yeah. And you were young when you saw this. You were like, yeah, this dude is uh, a cool dude. I'm just learning some stuff about myself, but also about, like, America. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, Alexis, before you kind of joined us in the studio, Nicole and I were talking about uh, Itumama Tambien. Yes. Which is this coming-of-age, you know, boys-on-the-road movie with shades of politics. And we spoke a little bit about uh, the drug and sex scenes in that movie. You have some feelings about uh, Gael, don't you, and how he does something? I do. Gael, I think, is one of the world's most preeminent movie kissers. Oh, um, yes. What a title. <laughs> yes. When my 10th grade class saw him in other movies, we would just go on YouTube and watch other kiss scenes from other movies with no contact. I love young people. <laughs> One of which was the scene in which he and Diego Luna finally make out mm-hmm. in Itumama Tambien. Oh my God, how did we wow. do that? Mm-hmm. That, was, that wasn't even harmonized. <laughs> Pitch perfect for both of you. But you know what I'm talking about. Yes, yeah, we do. absolutely. Ooh. Um, and they are, um, they are standing next to each other. There is a woman in, in between them, but mm-hmm. she is not on the same level of standing as they are. Uh-huh. Oh, I like that. And I like they the- sort of, <laughs> they kind of, these, these two friends, these guys being bros, just kind of their, their faces turn towards each other. And there's this like slow magnetic <sighs> mush. And then you've got Gael's massive, beautiful mouth. Yeah. 
his mouth does not get enough credit for it being doesn't. as oh specifically God. beautiful as it is. Yes. And I mean, and Diego Luna is also just a stunning dude. Yeah. And you oh, just... I have strong feelings for him, too. He's so scruffy and just edible. Ugh, I think it is the mouth yeah. because he can he can envelop anybody else's mouth oh with my his God. mouth. But in, in not in a gross way, <laughs> not like yeah, not like you feel like your face. Yeah, not eat your face. but sometimes when like very small lipped actors have kissing scenes, you're sitting there and you're wondering like, where's where does it go? Like where <laughs> oh does God. like where 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 do the lips go? And where? you're just you're, at some <laughs> oh point it just looks like they're kissing mustache or like oh my upper God. lip. Oh my um, God. I hear you. I hear you. That's, that's very specific yeah. kind of first analysis, and I appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> yes. So he's out there enveloping Diego Luna's lips. Yes. And you're getting strong feelings. That's very, very strong feelings. And then after that, it's just like, there's like compilations of Gael's greatest kisses and cinema, mm-hmm. um, the the priest mm-hmm. kiss, which you guys referenced before. Yeah. Um, oh contextually, not great. To be fair, I didn't know that was what the movie was about. <laughs> I learned that today. I just saw the makeout scenes. Oh my god! I'm so proud of you. Um, yeah, you have to go back and watch this movie. Um, <laughs> you sound so serious, like a setting your homework. Um, you have to go and no, watch this movie. I mean, it is so sensual and wrong. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> story of my life, fam. It me sensual but wrong because, like, what you're talking about. There's Gael and his face just softens before he kisses whoever he's about to kiss, yeah. whatever movie that he's in. Mm-hmm. His, fa- I mean, he really just is like, this is work, but we can enjoy it. You know what I mean? <laughs> that sounds terrible, but... Wow. What's the point of going to work if you can't eke out just a modicum of joy? I'm saying. You know, without mm-hmm. being a creep. Yes. You just go in and, you know, make the best of your work situation, Exactly. If we have to kiss in front of all these people under all these lights, it should be comfortable and good, and you're going to fucking remember me. Right. You know? it's right, the, right, right. It's the, the face softening. I think you totally have right there. Because whenever anyone is, like, magnetically pulled towards his face, that's the thing. He almost never leans in in a kiss. Everyone always is drawn wow. towards his oh face. Oh, my God. There's oh a, my God, there's, what a moment of realization. Yes. There's another kiss in a movie called I'm with Lucy. It's um it's a French movie where he plays kind of a like a hotshot director, a filmmaker of some sort, and he's sitting at the edge of a fish pond with this woman. And he's discussing, Oh, I love how you write about my work. I feel like you really understand what I'm coming at. And it's just like kind of rambling about filmmaking, but throughout the whole scene, the woman is just slowly inching <laughs> towards him with just her face. And he keeps talking until she is so close, it is beyond awkward. And then the face softens and the kiss happens. Wow. Oh but it's God. this magnetic pull. And then they fall into the fish pond and keep making out, um, sure. which is not the sexiest thing. But it's the draw. Mm-hmm. It's the face draw. Right. I love how you described that. She was like a thirst shark, just moving mm. in one direction. Mm-hmm. She knew where she was going. She almost didn't have a choice. <laughs> her heart said yes, and her body said yes. So everything, everything said yes. <laughs> yes. Now, speaking of kisses, there was a, a moment on uh, the Late Late Show with James Corden where um, Gael is on the sofa or the chair or whatever, and he's talking with James, and James is asking about his, you know, his his first kiss, and he kind of shows a little clip of Gael as a an eleven year old uh, kissing another child uh, on some show, um, and Gael and then begins to remember, or rather, he's asked to remember his very first kiss, which apparently happened in kindergarten. Which sure, um, but the That's way he just, I had mine. 
you people. <laughs> so there's just a bit when he kind of is describing, and I just want you to kind of listen to this because when you talk about magnetism, here's what happens. No, actually, my, my first kiss was, it was really funny. Uh, it was in the in kindergarten, and I remember very, very... <laughs> Yeah, I do remember very strongly. You yes. like to be attractive. Cool. No, no, no. <laughs> Forever. No, it was this girl. It was this girl who, who I thought uh, already had a boyfriend because she talked about having a boyfriend. And, how, uh, sorry, how old are you at this kindergarten. point? Kindergarten. Yeah, like before going to primary school. So yeah, so kindergarten. Like five. No, like six, five. Like Young, five, right? six. Yeah, yeah, five, six. I love how you said six. Like I was way like off with six. five. <laughs> like I was so far <laughs> out with five. I went more like five. Went, You're no, wrong. like six. <laughs> What a life, eh? Jeez. And even so as he's telling the story, that face softening is mm. happening because mm. he's saying he's having that physical memory and you can see it coming down over his face. And it touches just... his lips. Yes. yes. And you're like, yeah, I feel that too. Wow. Yeah. What a potent man. I'm yes. sorry, I'm sweating a bit. And he's, <laughs> he's a little dangerous. I'm not going to lie. Yes. And like, you know, we've talked about this a little bit before in different episodes, but he's got this great smile, but there's also this one tooth that's a yes. little snaggle. It protrudes a little bit and you're yeah. like, never change. I love the snaggle too. Yes. Oh. It's so pretty. Oh my God. I feel I you know, it's amazing how we're talking about this with Alexis mentioning the 10th grade because I do feel... I feel like a very giggly school person right now. It's kind of like, and then what? And then what? I just want to watch videos of his kisses now. I want to move forward a little bit because we've talked about that he's got a fairly long career. And obviously he's been working since he was a child. One of his most recent projects was on Amazon called Mozart in the Jungle. Mm. Unfortunately, it's been canceled, but it started in 2014. And here is when I get to see him be... Funny, because mm. a lot of the films that I've seen him in are dramas, and he's right. not really mm-hmm. uh, allowed to be as funny as he could be. Right. But in Mozart in the Jungle, he plays a conductor um, who, who was a child prodigy, and he's actually fairly funny in this series. So I'm going to play like this really quick clip. Rodrigo is cooking breakfast for his girlfriend, Haley, which he pronounces as Hailey, which is so great, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and her roommates, and they ask him about... You know, you've been staying here a lot. What's what's happening with that? Rodrigo. Yes, Sean. Are you living here now? What? Mm. I just asked if your boyfriend is living here now. Boyfriend? Um. I've never been called a boyfriend before. This is the first time. Boyfriend. <laughs> Why would you think he was living here? Just because he's been here every night this week. Which is not a problem. No, not at all. But it's just that I'm a little short on rent this week. Sure. And Sebastian? Rent. Yeah, no. It's a crime to make musicians pay the rent. And Let- yet they do. Well, uh, how about I pay the rent for um, one year? Oh. No. But, well, why not? Because you're not my sugar daddy. But you call me sweetie all the time. I know, that's different. Oh, no. You can be my sugar daddy. No problem. No problem. Turn yourself after him. Okay. Uh. <laughs> Same. So, you know, there are these little moments where he's um, very funny because he's kind of naive, but also very much aware of things going on in the world mm-hmm. still. But um, so this is just a really funny series about musicians and the dirty things that they get into. I mean, sure. I'm speaking of funny. I watched him recently in Coco because mm. he, you don't see him, but you hear his wonderful, wonderful voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you guys seen Coco? I no. haven't seen it, but I know th- about his character. Okay, so listen, I watched it on a plane and I cried so hard that the older lady next to me was kind of like, are you all right, darling? Are you all right, dear? Because I was <laughs> not all right, okay? I was fucked up. This movie is maybe 
I don't know, the best movie of all time. I don't know. <laughs> I was a wreck. And part of the reason why I was so wrecked is basically Gael playing this chap called Hector. I'm not going to ruin it for those who mm. haven't seen it because mm. I haven't seen it and I was delighted not to be spoiled. Mm -hmm. But oh my God, it is a nuanced, it's, it's, oh my God. And because you don't see him, you focus on just the wonderfulness of his voice. Mm. And he sings in the fucking movie and... Jesus Christ. I'm actually, <laughs> I'm about to start crying again. He's no, so don't. good. He is so good. And it's like this kid's movie. And it's again, one of those movies. It's a Pixar movie, but it's, you know, it's about Mexico and it's about the Day of the Dead and it's about tradition and family and all these things. And by the time you're done watching this fucking movie, you're kind of like, do you know what? What a shame I wasn't born Mexican because what a rich culture. And how can I learn more? It's just, it's so good. And he does so much and it's won all the awards and it should win all the awards because it's so good. And Jesus, I mean, guys, let's let's have like a long guile movie day because he's so funny and so hot and just a wonderful kisser and probably a fantastic dad who loves dogs or whatever the fuck. I just, <laughs> I have very strong feelings about Guile and I just want to, I want to live with him. I want to, I want to spend time. He speaks at the UN too. Oh my Just god! Fighting for human rights. <laughs> <laughs> because <Yeah>. damn it, <laughs> it's like he's your personal catnip. It's oh, it's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> you are grinning directly into the mic. I am. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen. I feel like if you can look at someone and feel strongly that they would make time for you mm -hmm. in your in their life mm -hmm. and you would, you know, they would add to your life and you would add to theirs, that's a pretty successful thirsting session. And I feel like we all have that with Gail. Am I correct? Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. Oh, wow. What a conclusion we've come to, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Alexis, do you have any final thoughts on Gail Garcia Bernal? Um... I mean, I think the general rule of thirst with Gael is that even though he's on the shorter side compared to Hollywood actors, sometimes truly spectacular things come in small packages. Oh, mm, yes. I love it. I, I love, love it. it. You yeah. should be in sales. You're very good at this. <laughs> it's very good. Oh, Alexis, thank you so much for coming in. We appreciate you. We appreciate your thoughts and your insights. And of course, also the new realization that we have about fucking Guile's magnetic pull. Yes. Huh. So tell our lovely listeners where they can find you on the internet. You can find me on Twitter at Alexis the Ned, N-E-D-D. And uh, that's about all where I am for now. But nice. keep your eye on my Twitter for later news. Hey, look at that. She's <laughs> such a saleswoman. She's like, listen, come here for the Gael thoughts and stay for some other stuff, too. I like it. I like it a lot. Alexis, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So every week we ask our listeners to send us feedback, whether mm -hmm. that's like via rating or a review mm -hmm. or whatever. And people sometimes, as we have requested, send us some of their drabbles. And they are pretty, um, pretty good, pretty yeah. filthy. I mean, basically, thirst begets yet more thirst. Spot on. Yeah. It's basically a law of the universe. Mm -hmm. And when we ask you to send your stuff in, people just fucking deliver. <laughs> and this week we have, we're going to read a little bit from uh, a drabble that somebody sent in. Yes, but uh, Thirst Bucket named Cookie. Cookie. Cookie actually sent us in five drabbles. <laughs> Cookie basically was like, you're going to take one of these drabbles. <laughs> and bitch, we listened. We did it. <laughs> now, this does not mean that everyone should send us five drabbles Please at don't. once. <laughs> <laughs> Cookies were exceptional, to be fair. Yes. Um, and the one we've chosen to read out, or at least part of it, on air, 
is about a very specific first object, which comes up quite a lot during our gift parties on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I'm feeling it. Listen, so am I. Uh, Cookies Drabble is about Gwendolyn Christie, mm-hmm. who you may know <laughs> as Brienne of Tarth from Game of Thrones. Right. She's like a six foot something fucking just hot piece of steak. a goddess. A goddess <laughs> walking among us mere mortals. And she is stunning. And Cookie basically wrote us a little... I got to say, it got me a little bit sweaty myself. So we're going to read just a little segment of it. Just a little bit, because we can't read the whole thing. um, But we're going to put the rest on our Tumblr, which is Mm thursdaykitpodcast.tumblr.com. And yeah, you're going to have to read the whole thing. And uh, let's see what it does. This is me reading Cookie's Drabble about Gwendolyn Christie. All right, we won. Let's see what you've got. With a sly smirk, Gwen picks up her staff and faces me in the courtyard. I grip my staff and advance on her, swinging out two blows in rapid succession, first to her right shoulder, then her left. She deflects both quite easily with her staff, then swats me on my bum. (laughs) Cookie! (laughs) Cookie! Cookie! Cookie, cookie, cookie! (laughs) (laughs) You're a filthy thirst bucket and we appreciate you and your efforts and we will post the rest of this travel up on our Tumblr as we said earlier. Thank you so much for sending it in. <laughs> yes. If you want to send us a drabble of your own, of course, don't forget to uh, email us at thirstaidkit at buzzfeed.com. And we hope to read one or some <laughs> of your drabbles on air very soon. All right. Well, let's move on now to fanfic wars. <laughs> okay. Where we read our own drabbles. Original fiction, bitch. Yeah. About our thirst object of the day. Gael Garcia Bernal. The pocket rocket himself. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Okay, rocket. <laughs> my, my drabble this week is very short, which, you know. It's fine. It's fine. Short is also good. Yeah, you as see? we've seen in Gael. It's a theme of the week. Yes. I'm actually, I'm really braced for something because Gael is, <laughs> Gael suits you to a T. He really does, but I'm actually quite tame today. All right. Okay. Okay, I believe you. I'm wait, wait, what I mean to say is I don't believe you, but go <laughs> ahead. Okay, listen, listen. I was just about to leave the restaurant when Gael showed up. He wasn't late, but first date nerves were taking me under. I saw a man approaching the table, and I couldn't help myself. I stared. None of his features should work together, but they created a portrait of beauty that froze me in place. Then he smiled, his wide mouth a promise, his eyes crinkling in guarantee. He took both my hands in one of his and pulled me from my seat. We air-kissed. He smelled like a dark chocolate musk. I closed my eyes to better take in the scent, and we lingered a second too long, his cheek against mine. We were the same height, so I looked him in his eyes as we pulled away. They glinted with the knowledge of how tonight will end. I smiled back in agreement. All right. Tell me more a little bit about his fucking wide mouth, innit? What? It's a promise, bitch. It's a promise. Nicole, man, I'm going to find you and stab you. I can't believe you did this to me. What? His mouth is a promise? Yeah. Jesus Christ. What is the meaning of all this? Just look at him. Oh, God. All right. Mm. Okay. Okay. Okay, but Bim, mm-hmm. you have something too. It's only a little bit, just a little something. <laughs> Ain't no promises in my fucking travel, but all right. <laughs> Let's get the show on the road. Gael raises his arms and brings them down again dramatically. Like this, he says. I replicate his move, or at least I think I do. And I see him roll his eyes gently before he shakes his head. It's a good thing you're so naturally good at other things, he says, mm. smiling. 
when I stare at him pointedly and remind him that he is himself a fake conductor on a TV show. The twinkle in his eye only gets brighter. He spreads his hands out again, palms up. Since you're such a bad student, he says, why don't you teach me something? Uh. I've already taught you so much, I say. So teach me something new, he whispers. And so I do. Very thirsty month, all right. Oh my god, oh, we tiger. Okay, Listen. I see you teaching. Okay, I am a teacher, <laughs> and those who can teach, Nicole. Okay, mm. okay, and I can, so I teach. Mm. Yeah. I love it. And we both had glints and Glint. twinkles in the eye. I- he's a twinkly motherfucker. That's I'm telling why. you. Listen, he's rivaling the sun out there, just shining, shining, <laughs> shining, shining. Yeah, <laughs> all of this thirsty, and I've been losing my mind. <laughs> Hey, hold up. <laughs> oh my gosh. All uh, right, Thirst Bucket. So we have Gael's mouth as a promise. <laughs> then we have Gael as a student. Which one is the one that's going to, you know, send your pocket rocket up into space? Wow. I hate <laughs> you so much. Uh, listen, we're going to put a poll up. As we've said previously, we like to give it a day or two to bed in. You know, think about... Which drabble is going to send you, as Nicola said, what's going to send your, your pocket rocket into space? <laughs> and then you can vote. And that's on our Twitter, which is at Thirst Aid Kit. Oh, God, Nicole, that wow. feels like yeah. did a lot this week. I know. I mean, Gail, man. Listen. Cut us off or clamped. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thirst Aid Kit is produced by us. Bim Adewumi and Nicole Perkins, Julia Furlan, and TK Dutess. Our music is by Tanya Morgan, and you can follow us on Twitter at First Aid Kit. We're also on Tumblr, which is at firstaidkitpodcast.tumblr.com, and sometimes over there, we even answer your questions. We're also on Twitter at TN Whiskey Woman, that's whiskey with an E, and at Bim Adieu. The Thirst Sommeliers need your messages. Call us and leave a brief message on 765-884-4778. That's 765-8-THIRST. Thank you so much for listening and you can extend your good deed by heading over to Apple Podcasts to rate and review the show. It really helps other people find us, love us and all that good stuff. Feel free to live tweet your listen using the hashtag TechPod. That's T-A-K-P-O-D. And if you feel like it, you've got something you want to say, just send us an email at ThursdayKit at BuzzFeed.com. Okay, guys, we'll be back next week. So in the meantime, grab a straw and keep a drink close by. Bye. Synchronize that just thirsty sigh. Oh my god.